There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. And if you are listening on audio, you will not see us. But one, Tommy gave you a wave, as always. And two, we are littered in P1 merch. It's been released. Forget Friday practice. Forget the Hungarian Grand Prix. We're wearing P1 merch, aren't we, Tommy? We are. It took long enough to literally just get a purple T-shirt with our logo on. But we've done it. Finally, it's here. It was much more logistics than just us going, where do we want to put the logo on the T-shirt? It shows we care. We want to get it right for you guys. We did want to get it right. Thank you so much, everybody, for the support, for those that have ordered. Um, If you want to go check out um, uh, the merch range, which is uh, purple, white and black in T-shirts and hoodies, then there's a link where? Where's there a link, Tommy? On our Twitter, Instagram. We'll throw one in the... The podcast bio? description as well. We'll throw one in the description oh. of the YouTube. We'll Lovely. throw it everywhere for you guys. Isn't that beautiful? So I thought I'd start it there because, you know, shameless plug. And also we're just really excited that we have our yeah. own merch. Um, let's now get into the five-star review from AKA Music Nerd in the USA. If you want yours to be read out, your five-star review, then please do leave one and let us know why you love this podcast. And we may well select it for next time out. This one's from AKA Music Nerd. Matt and Tommy are the perfect mixture of information, gossip and fan club for Formula One. I'm a new fan to Formula One and started listening to this pod with my husband, who has been listening to Matt and Tommy for a couple of years now. They give us great topics for discussion together and we watch all the races with their speculations in mind. Thanks, Matt and Tommy, for a great pod and a new sign-off for our phone convos. Thanks, guys, for a great podcast. What do they say? Bye? I was, I was thinking happens? that. I don't know. Do they go bye or do they just mean they have a chat about it? I don't know. But the amount of people that are like couples that are like, oh, yeah, we chat about your podcast. I'm like, wow. Just laying be, in bed. Yeah. Had, a, had, a, had a hard day, honey? <laughs> Yeah, should we whack on a bit of P1 with Matt and Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> so strange, but thank you everybody for listening. And, and do keep sending in your pictures as well to, to me, to Tommy, to the brand account uh, of where you listen to our podcast because we do love uh, seeing some of that stuff. Anyway, let's talk about some Formula One, shall we? Beginning with FP1. And almost immediately, we had something to talk about. We hadn't even got our tweet out to say that we were live on Twitch for our FP1 watch-along before Sergio Perez went flying into the wall. Yeah, well, we didn't, yeah, hadn't set up the timer. We we nearly missed it because we were running a little bit late and we're like, oh, it's free practice, you know. There we, there we were, getting everything set up. Um, pretty much got everything there. And then, my word, you know, of all the people that could have gone into the wall, this whole narrative of is Daniel Ricciardo come in and does it put pressure on Perez and that kind of thing, for him to immediately, you know, first flying lap of the weekend, put it straight in the wall uh, and go out of the session, you just couldn't really make it up. 
Their drive to survive will be absolutely licking their lips at that one. They absolutely will. It's it was such a strange mistake to make. I don't I cannot remember the last time I saw someone crash on their first hot lap in free practice one. Like that is unheard of. And the mistake that was made as well, you know, saying I dipped a wheel. He dipped a large amount of his rear wheel, let's be honest, in uh, on that piece of grass, which of course then unsettled the car, goes spinning into the wall. Like it was, I, I don't know what to actually put it down to because it's no. not even like it's Q1, like in Monaco. This is FP1. That, that, that's a mistake. He's been the wall in Q1. That, <laughs> As well, didn't he say? Yeah, he's not having a good time, is he? It just—it just feels like a mistake that you, you go, okay, fine, qualifying race, whatever. You know, there's an element of pressure. Free practice one. I'm sorry, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. Just, just build your way up into the weekend. But no, yeets it into the wall. Like it just—I don't know what that is trying to tell me about Perez's current mindset. Is it's just a very, very strange one, but it's definitely showing that he is not feeling within himself at the moment. No, he must be under pressure, whatever, you know, narratives come out and what whatever he says, because he's on this awful qualifying streak. And then to go out in FP1, like you say, when there's absolutely no pressure, no one expects anything from FP1. You know, there might be the odd thing if he'd have finished um, in the timesheets a bit low down, everyone would be like, oh, and then it doesn't. It doesn't really matter, though, does it? But the only real problem you can have in, in FP1 or FP2 or whatever is binning it in the wall. So uh, absolutely shocking for, for Perez. And, yeah, it came straight on the radio and said, I cannot believe it. And I think that pretty much sums up how we were all feeling as well because he just yeah. could not make it up. It was mad. weird because the, the clip, the reaction that we had, it was... I. I just kind of sort of burst out noise because I was like, there's no way that this has just happened. Like you just think we of the storyline. Yeah. You almost immediately think of the storyline and you're yeah. like, what, well, what is going to happen now? How is this now going to unfold the rest of Perez's career? What happens to that Red Bull seat? Is it going to change? It, it, it was such a, a strange outburst of like, but it, this is the start of free practice one. Why are we seeing this? I mean, joking aside about Drive to Survive and, uh, you know, not to put... For for any, um, you know, people that love their tinfoil hats and stuff, I am only joking here, but if you were Drive to Survive and you were planning a storyline for the for the season and you say that Daniel Ricciardo is, like, back in the Red Bull family and oh, him and Christian are all buddies and then uh, Perez hasn't been performing well, the, the next part of the story is him binning it in FP1. It's crazy. There's a question from Laura underscore Amy J. Is Perez in a slump? And if so, does that make his seat at risk? I think it's quite obvious that Perez is in a slump. He's going into his sixth race weekend where he attempts to make Q3. Um, it's always been a comeback drive for, since Miami, which is crazy to think how long ago that was. Um we were kind of obviously discussing, weren't we, about seats being at risk. And then we looked at Perez and went, well, you know, it's not going to be at risk until at least the end of the season. And then perhaps he might lose it. But we did preface it with, as long as he doesn't have a horrendous time for the rest of like the season. 
and it continues into another weekend. There was a picture, screenshot, I think it was 20 minutes or 10 minutes left of FP1. Helmut Marco's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, yeah. Just uh, Who's he on the phone to? Is it Liam Lawson? Who knows? They kept right? showing him as well on the pit wall and... Oh, the, just, the F1 TV directors, oh, they, knew what they, they were doing. know what they did. They went straight to Daniel Ricciardo after Perez went in the wall, didn't they? Uh, they didn't did, they? and at the just... start, they re- they played a graphic because there was obviously a bit of talk about, like, Alex Albon and how well he's doing this year, and he used to be, you know, well, essentially, he got <laughs> got fired to make room for, for Perez, who's now in a slump uh, just as bad. So, uh, And, you know, the F1 team put a graphic out saying that Albon's made... Q3 the same number of times as Perez this year and Albon's driving a Williams so but Hulkenberg has well, had Hulkenberg's more, had more so <laughs> there you go but yeah the the TV they know exactly what they're doing but Perez uh to answer Laura's questions yeah he is in an absolute slump of all slumps right now when you're you're going into every weekend going, who's going to finish second behind Max Verstappen because it's almost inevitable that he's won already and going to get pole, going to win the race. Could Nothing, like, completely unstoppable. And then he's in the same car, not even making it into to Q3 and having all these errors and mistakes. And th- th- this is a thing you just never know. You never know with Red Bull. I think it's something that we've, we've literally seen this year um, with... With the whole De Vries thing, they they could do it any time. Yeah, and I think that's what's making us feel that perhaps Perez's seat isn't as safe as we once thought uh, going into the summer break. Um, and they will do it very quickly as well. They make decisions just like that, don't they? At Red well, they Bull. did. Uh, um, they did at the Ricardo the test. Yeah. If you if you yeah. look at, I don't, don't know if you saw the video of um, Red Bull actually shared a video of Dan, Dan Ricardo's test, and he's there like, oh, you know, it's like behind the scenes thing, and he's there in the car. It's like, oh, not driven for eight months. Hope I'm all right. Goes out, does his laps and stuff, and then obviously the whole piece kind of changes into, and it, and it sounds like. You know, we won't know the full details until we hear from them all, but it sounds like, you know, Christian Horner's got straight on the phone. He's really quick. They've done it all there. I think there's reports that within 11 laps, they gave him a contract to Alpha Tauri because they, they get to decide at the Red Bull family that what what happens. Got rid of I've Nick also DeVries. seen things that rubbish that, though, as well, saying that it had nothing to do with the test and it was more just because of the fact of Nick DeVries' poor, poor performances. But Yeah, um, but, I mean, they have to it, see if how good he actually was in that test, surely, because if he'd not driven a Formula 1 car for eight months and they were suddenly absolutely awful, then I guess they wouldn't have. It was probably all lined up and they just needed that final confirmation. Do you know to, which one the accelerator yeah. is, Daniel? Yes, <laughs> you've got the job. Um, one saving grace, I suppose, for Sergio Perez, a very small one in the context of this weekend, is that the minute he crashed, the rain fell and he didn't miss any real representative running because the only cars that went out there were drifting around the place. You had Oscar Piastri, you had Charles Leclerc going out there and I was just begging him to go back in the pits. We don't need wet running no one cares. It's not going to rain for the rest of the, the weekend. Go in and chill out. Um, so that was a, a slight bit of turmoil for my brain. Um, but on the flip side of that, if you look at the overall Red Bull, I'd suppose, development and so on, and the cost cap, Checo binning it is not just a freebie, ah, oh, they go fix it, no problem. That comes out of their development budget. That comes out of the cost cap 
uh, budget that they've got set aside. So not only is Checo not performing and hasn't been performing, but he is somewhat affecting Max Verstappen in the future as well. And I've seen yeah. lots of hilarious theories around how Checo's actually lost his seat for the at the end of the year and he's just trying to sabotage Max Verstappen. Making sure Max um, doesn't get as any much more as sandwiches possible. and good catering. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's uh it's it's just it's not good. Um, no, it's because not. getting knocked out is one thing, crashing is a another much bigger problem. Yeah, exactly. And we saw uh, you know, it's a completely different team at the other end of the scale. But how ha- how Haas were so savage towards Mick Schumacher with the the crashes, and they can't afford it. And Red Bull, you know, they do have a lot of money. Uh, if they could spend whatever they wanted, if there was no cost cap, and some would argue they do anyway. But um, <laughs> the you know, this is the thing that if Perez was just do just driving around and finishing fourth, fifth which it kind of is, but once you're having these crashes writing off the car, it's it's hurting the development of and what, what they can do, like you say, and new car parts and things. You know, we've not even really seen what those new upgrades can do yet. Uh, who knows? Because Max didn't... He, he took the uh, sensible option that you were saying you were Charles Leclerc had done, done and just got out the car and went, well, it's raining, there's no point, and just got out and didn't do anything which a few drivers decided to do, actually. It was a very strange session. It was an odd session. Um, we had Carlos Sainz having a moment, which we'll talk about in a, uh, in a second. We've got one more question. At TML037, based on how Checo does this weekend and in Spa, could Ricardo be in the RB19 after the summer break? I think Checo has a terrible race weekend this weekend and next weekend. He is not in the seat at, at the end of the summer break. Uh, straight up, I will back it. I think you, that you think Bull... he'll get dropped. Uh, if he in... has a terrible Hungarian Grand Prix and a terrible Belgian Grand Prix, i.e., crashing again, Oof. not making Q three, that sort of stuff. Have to be I think really they bad. Uh, well, what have they got to lose? Yeah, true. It's just yeah. Tommy, this this is the most dominant car of all time. By the no, potentially. I know, I know, but. They're already going to win the constructors' title easily, and it just seems well, yeah, exactly. like they'll so wait for the end of the year. On his own. Exactly, but it is funny, though, isn't it? That, <clears throat> and this question is saying it that Daniel Ricciardo. It's like, when will Ricciardo be in the car? It's like, so Yuki's just not not there. It just shows that it does feel like it's there for Daniel Ricciardo. Maybe not not Sonoda. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's that whole chat wasn't there about Aston Martin being Yuki Sonoda's eventual uh, sort of. Was the Honda partnership, place, yeah. Weird. But yeah, you know, the way where he's going to end up uh, and then, you know, potentially Daniel Ricciardo goes up to Red Bull. They see how he does. Liam Lawson comes in early for the Alpha Tauri seat. It could happen, Tommy. It well, really could. This is the thing with, with Red Bull, like we just said at the start, like you never know. Um, and it's one thing that a lot of people have quoted where, you know, Christian Horner's gone. Uh, check out the contract. Um, he will be in the car. And then they've quoted, you know, pictures of Pierre Gasly uh, back in 2019 and Christian Horner saying Gasly will not be replaced in the summer break, like his exact words. And then sure enough, the summer break, they got rid of him and put Albon in the car, did the switch. So um, Red Bull are ruthless. They they do that with their drivers. So, yeah, it's not, it's not out of the question. I think he has to have an absolute mare for it to happen. But... 
he's going the right way about it because he is having an absolute mare and it just seems to be getting worse and worse. Yeah, and I guess it also poses a question as well that perhaps Red Bull don't do as well. We know that their driver development program, their Red Bull juniors, et cetera, et cetera, you know, there's been so much success through it. But with that cutthroat nature, there is that lack of nurture, that lack of, maybe not support, that's not fair because, you know, we're not behind the walls. But I guess from an outsider looking in, it seems that way, that when someone starts to snowball the wrong way, look at Alex Albon, look at Pierre Gasly, both drivers that have shown they have got serious amounts of potential in moments in their career. Perez the same. Like we were gassing him up no tomorrow when he was in that Force India slash racing point. We wanted him in the seat saying like we had the exact conversation about, you know, Albon's not performing. He should be out. Get Perez in because Perez is performing that that and Red Bull do just do it, don't they? They they are cutthroat. I think you said it before. It's sink or swim. And I don't think it's any coincidence that someone like Max Verstappen has succeeded in that. It's one of those things where like he can handle it, but not a lot of drivers can. It's a really brutal environment that I think only certain drivers could actually thrive in. And when they do thrive, they do extremely well, like Sebastian Vettel and Max Verstappen. But other drivers, you know, few bad races, you can really snowball, like you say, and it just get worse and worse. Yeah, and you do wonder if they need to be this cutthroat and this this much pressure on every driver because you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit that you're going to find another Verstappen, another Vettel in the coming years. And if you don't, all of a sudden, you're just going to have drivers that show potential, get brought into Red Bull and then crumble. And they could then go, you know, this is obviously all speculative, but it does pose the question, doesn't it, around this whole, you know, nurturing a driver's. Perez is no slouch. We've seen him perform incredibly well and he is a great driver we saw this at the start of the year we saw this at the start of last year he does have it in him but this problem of you know having like the people like helmet marco bearing down on you there's not many people i myself would melt in the middle of the floor and i'm sure you would as well tommy um but yeah it just it feels like a shame i think when you actually look at the look at these drivers especially gasly and albin as i say that have been re-brought in and you can still see that they have the potential. The Red Bull junior team is actually really weird that they they kind of, in the early days of it and a few years ago, they were rewarded by their cutthroat nature and the fact that, you know, they were willing to bin off Danny Kvyat, even though he, in my opinion, was worthy and doing a very good job alongside Daniel Ricciardo, just had a couple of bad moments. Um but the pressure of putting Verstappen in that car was too much. They put him in, he delivered, now look at him. So it's worked. But you're also seeing the bad side now where it's starting to creep up and catch up on them, where they, dare I say, they don't really have any drivers. Like I, I never really thought about that, but it's obviously a very extreme example. But if Max Verstappen at the end of this year goes, it won't happen, but it theoretically goes, you know what? I am bored. I'm going to go play iRacing. Bye. Like they don't have any drivers because because Perez after is last on... weekend. I guarantee he's not going <laughs> off to go and play i racing. Exa- after well, yeah, true. That bloke out of the race. <laughs> but the the fact is that they they've got essentially like Max Max is in there doing extremely well, but the other is the other situation is a bit clumsy to the point where you know a guy in the top team 
has now come back into AlphaTauri. They've got Yuki Tsunoda that they don't, don't have the Honda deal anymore. So where's he going? Sergio Perez isn't performing. Liam Lawson's waiting in the wings, but doesn't seem to be able to get in anywhere. It's a bit of a mess now, really, that, that whole program. Whereas before, they, they had people, I, I think, you know, go back to like 2015 or whatever, when you had like to Costa Kvyat, whatever, in the in that junior team, that if Perez was doing this then, they'd have axed him ages ago and they could just bump everyone up. But they can't do that now because they don't really... They're sort of running out of options in a weird way. But then they just go shopping, don't they? They're a big team. They can afford Charles Leclerc's or George Russell's or whoever they then decide to go with um, if they did genuinely want a star driver. So I guess they have that yeah, yeah. Uh, in, their, in their locker if they need. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Moving away now from Red Bull and Perez to Carlos Sainz, who also gave us a small, tiny bit to talk about where just lost it did exactly what I didn't want Ferrari to go and do, which was go and do running in wet, changeable conditions that were potentially a little bit too wet for intermediates. Carlos spun, had a a, a minor touching with the wall, but nothing too extravagant, maybe a slight bit of damage. Um, but yeah, then he got beached on the curb because it's like <laughs> raised where the that grass there. is. And it was like... And then the the, um, the marshal made me laugh so much because they were obviously trying to wheel him back onto the circuit. So the, the marshal on his left rear was just trying to push the wheel to cause obviously expecting it to have some kind of contact patch with the grass, but it didn't. So the wheel was just rotating as he was trying to push it and it was going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Which, uh, it did make me chuckle. So, it's uh, so funny how he was like perfectly balanced on that curb that it was just kind of seesawing a little bit on, yeah. on there. And the, the, obviously the the way the floor is just like, no, perfectly flat and so low now that he had nowhere, <laughs> nothing to do. He literally um, couldn't get out. But after yeah, a push, he, he managed to managed to make his way round. Um, so yeah, that that free practice one it ended with Russell being fastest. They had a Piastri and Stroll. We thought Oscar Piastri was going to top FP one right at the death, didn't we? Until uh, until Russell snatched it away. Um, but it was an incredibly unrepresentative session. You had Verstappen and Hamilton nineteenth and twentieth. And uh, there was quite literally no dry running apart from Sergio Perez's first sector. Wow. The data that that man would have been able to take back to the garage, not his car, but the data he would have had. It was just unbelievable to see. It was. He did extremely well uh, with that data (laughs) because he finished 18th in FPT. (laughs) So good job he he got those corners in before he... uh... 
spend it. <laughs> Let's go to FP2 now. And just want to say straight up, because it's been a while, Charles Leclerc P1. P1 with Charles Leclerc. We love to see it. Uh, first question from FP2. The abstract poet. Was Silverstone a one-off? Or do McLaren genuinely have a car that can challenge for the podium this weekend? No. McLaren themselves, uh, as you uh, told me on the stream, Tommy, have said that they aren't going to be that good this weekend. Everything that we sort of spoke about in terms of the philosophy of that McLaren, I don't know. It just it, it doesn't seem to do that well. However, on the flip side, Lando Norris did finish second in FP2, but I'm also taking that with a rather large pinch of salt, considering because we've got Piastri's, Gasly in and third, Piastri's 19th. Sonoda's fourth, Piastri's 19th. Um, it was, it, again, a, a really mixed, I don't want to say unrepresentative, because obviously it's, it was dry. I do. But <laughs> go on then, Tommy, do it. I, I just I just don't think you can draw anything from this session because of the the washout. Max happened 11th fastest. No, I'm, I'm yeah. drawing from that. Come okay, on. I did predict him pole in the win, and look what's happened. Yeah, true. <laughs> He's but finished yeah. 19th and 11th in free practice. You look at that order, and it's just all over the place. And I think it is just because that, yeah, that the FP1 being a washout, this kind of almost became FP1 in itself. They're all doing different plans. Everyone's all over the place. I mean, let's not forget that. This question mentioned Silverstone. Last week, I'm pretty sure we had a question in F FP1 from Silverstone being like, oh, why do McLaren, why are McLaren so rubbish in practice? They're, they're clearly the upgrades haven't worked and they've broken a heart. And then Lando goes and sticks it on the front row and qualifying the next day. So I wouldn't get too uh, built up on this, this so order. You're saying he's done it the wrong way around this time. He's gone on the front row of the grid for FP2. But when we get to qualifying... It might not be that good. No, maybe not. Although it is quite funny because can you imagine if, if uh, so Yuki Tsunoda's fourth and Daniel Ricciardo's 14th, can you imagine the media if Daniel Ricciardo was fourth and Yuki Tsunoda was 14th? Everyone would be like, Daniel Ricciardo, oh, hello, P4. I mean, we actually, would also be doing that. <laughs> you would absolutely. <laughs> you'd be there like, biggest good surprise. I'd be cashing in the point almost <laughs> yeah. immediately. Well, look, he's just bedding in. It's his first dry session, Tommy, yeah. you know, on the soft tyres, four tenths behind Yuki Tsunoda. I think that's a great result. If anything, I think that's biggest good surprise right there. The fact that he didn't finish last, like everyone thought, in free practice too, is uh, is a great, great result for, for, for Danny. That that order, though. I mean, if, if we could have just that order for qualifying, it would get yes, the please. most absolute banger of a race. Charles Leclerc pole position? Yes, yeah. thank you. I will take... Actually, no, to be fair... Pretty sure Verstappen started ninth, didn't he, last year? 11th. Elef it was 11th. It was 11th, I'm pretty sure, So he sure, started yeah. where he finished in free practice two, managed to win after a spin as well. So yeah, we could have a, a repeat of last year. No, no, no. No, thank you. Uh, next question. <laughs> Ace12, Adam. Who is actually a contender for the podium this weekend? Adam, if we knew, we'd be putting a bet on it. But I don't think anyone has any idea... From free practice today, who is going to be on the podium? One thing, however, we do need to talk about, Mercedes looking washed again in free practice. Very washed. I mean, mm. Martin Brundle, he said, not, and I quote, because it wasn't a quote, that they were washed in a particular corner that he was watching them at. Didn't he say they were the slowest around that corner or something, and that, that generally the slowest? But look, it's their only practice, and... 
let's not remember Mercedes were always finishing like first and second in practice sessions last year. And we're like, are Mercedes back? And they'd never returned apart from Brazil. Um, so yeah, we, we don't know yet. Um, it's going to be fascinating when we do get, do get to see what, what's going to happen because, you know, it, it's confusing for this at the moment because we don't really know what happens, but that's the beauty and the excitement of it that we're going to go into qualifying or even FP3 and not really know until we get some, some lap times and you know someone like Fernando Alonso uh he's been bigging himself up like he put a brilliant TikTok up where it was the clip of him smiling behind Piastri uh and it was him like smiling at the the thought of the Hungaro ring which we all know uh is Monaco without walls and the Aston was very good around Monaco uh well in Alonso's hands it was um so yeah uh that that could be could be him, but are you gassing? We, are you gassing uh, Fernando up again now? On, after... I just really need his like. I need a win. I need a win for Fernando Alonso. That's all I want. Well, this I need season. a win for Charles Leclerc, but you know we, we can't all get what we want, Tommy. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's Max Verstappen era. Oh, no. um, question about Max: MJ underscore ninety five underscore. How much can Max be holding back? He said he was happy with the new upgrades, but we didn't get to see much track action from him. MJ ninety five. I think Max Verstappen doesn't need to try anymore. That's what I feel like. He did 17 laps in FP2 for a team that has brought that like you know a substantialish upgrade, potentially a handful of tenths a lap about according you know maybe. The fact that they didn't do that much running because one Perez binned it in the wall, two it was raining and then three Max Verstappen did 17 laps. And then Perez did 13. Either suggests Red Bull have got issues. Or that Red Bull are just like, let's not try, let's not let's not push things. And also, as well, there is a slightly less amount of tyres available this weekend because of the, the structure and they're trying to save uh, tyres moving forward, be more sustainable. Uh, and we'll speak about that because uh, it's going into a different qualifying format as well, uh, which was supposed to happen in Imola. Uh, but it's happening here for the first time where drivers have to use hard tyres for Q1, mediums for Q2, and then softs for Q3. Um, so I'm sure there are plenty of reasons why Red Bull aren't running, but I I don't think it's because they're struggling. <laughs> well, we can all hype it up and pretend it's going to, like, Max is in the mud and uh, we're going to have the greatest race of the season. Please. Which, I'll take it because we need, we need a bit of a mix-up. Uh, to be fair, if Hungary delivers a banger this season, um, it's such an underrated track to say that it's one that people always moan at that you can't overtake and should be like a Monaco, but without the glitz and glamour. It's produced some really, really exciting races. Are it feels like every still year. And yeah, they. St- I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I just feel like they still do and don't like. Uh, maybe I think it's just one of those ones that's never on people's lists when they do like a top five circuits. Um, no one ever thinks about it. But actually it's it. good though that it's underrated because it's the cheapest circuit to go to. As yes, soon as it, it starts is. getting rated, they'll hoik up those prices. Um, so yeah, terrible track. Yeah, can't wait to yeah, go next yeah. year. Terrible track. <laughs> I do want to go uh, next yeah. year actually. <laughs> Budapest is awesome. So okay, yeah. Um, P1, P1, P1 business trip to Budapest. Let's do it. Next year. Buy some merch, people. <laughs> yeah, please, P1. <laughs> um, and that's it. Thank you so much, everybody. It was actually quite a long chat about 
relatively nothing that happened in Friday practice, but Sergio Perez is obviously the big talking point. Let us know your thoughts on social media or in the comments below if, it's, if you're over on YouTube. Uh, Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts were exactly that, that I can't believe we managed to get half an hour out of... Probably we barely even saw half an hour of cars on track, so we've done quite well. So thanks, Checo. Yes, thank you, Checo. Um, fingers crossed for his sake. He manages to pick himself up and have a good weekend. I do genuinely feel sorry for him at this at this rate yeah, because yeah. it is it's it's snowballing out of his control a little bit. So I hope he can just pick himself up and and do something good this weekend because we know he can do it. And, and Verstappen can't thought. win every race. No, no, so, he can't, Tommy. Checo, got to come on, <laughs> step can't. up. You can't <laughs> win every race. Right, that is it. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.